We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts, and the Timberwolves are 2-0. They went into Utah tonight and pretty much controlled the game end-to-end against what should be a pretty damn good jazz team this season. A jazz team that smacked the Blazers by 20 in Portland on opening night. I'm not going to lie, this one caught me by surprise. I was watching that Blazers-Jazz game before I watched the Wolves-Jazz game, and I was looking at that Portland team thinking, aren't the Wolves kind of just a poor man's Blazers team? You know, like D'Lo and Beasley are discount Dame and CJ, Okogie and Lehman kind of knock off Derek Jones Jr. and Rocco, right? And you got Cat and Nurkic. I don't know. I- I'm thinking if the Blazers couldn't do anything against the Jazz defense, then how are the Wolves going to do anything on offense tonight? I certainly wasn't betting the Wolves would be able to defend better than the Blazers, but they did. The, the Wolves beat the Jazz because they played solid D all night and because D'Lo and Beasley, they, they weren't. They weren't discount Damon CJ. You know, D'Lo and Beasley, they, they in fact were the leading scorers for the team tonight. They dropped a combined 43 against that Jazz defense. And, you know, to, I think that's the place to start by acknowledging that the Wolves won this game with the, 
the quote-unquote other guys, not with Cat. And and that's the second game in a row where, where the win was just as much about Beasley and D'Lo and Culver and Akogi and Edwards as it was about Cat. I mean, how many times could we say that last season? How many games did Cat play in last year that the Wolves won because of the other guys? Seriously, what, what was it? One? Maybe two? Cat is still very much finding his way in this 2020 season. We knew it was going to take a while. And tonight he again picked up three first-half fouls, two in the first quarter again. He had to sit down a third. He had to sit down in the second quarter, just like he did in Detroit. He still had 16 points, 12 boards, and three assists tonight. But he only made one of the five threes he took. Even worse, he was only five of 14 from two-point range. Now, Cat... Cat, I wouldn't say Cat played bad. Cat was solid defensively. That's and that's not where he's picking up these fouls. You know, so give him credit there. The fouls are coming on offense. But to win these two games, this team has needed boosts on both ends from the other guys. And I gotta say, Malik Beasley has really given that. In both games, Beasley had game ceiling buckets with under a minute left in the game. If you watch the Detroit game, he had that corner. He had that corner three with like a minute left. That kind of sealed it. And then tonight, again, kick out to the corner. He had a pump and go, drove to the basket, got clobbered, should have been an and one, but he made it. I mean, Beasley's been huge, and I got to give him credit for some defense too. If you've been watching the games, you can see he struggles off ball, but he's given them just enough on ball. He's a, he's a little bit better there. And, again, we're going to nail this all year. The on ball defense is massive for this team. I mean, Okogi looks like he's a freaking all-defensive team guy out there. You know, more on him in a second. We'll talk about Okogi for sure. But they need Malik to be that second guy defensively if a Culver's not out there. He needs to just slow people down. For Beasley, solid is more than enough. And and he's he's been providing that. The, the, the one thing defensively I'll point out that I've been really pleased with him in is his rebounding. I, it, he, he only has four rebounds and in each of these games, but, but they feel big. Like I swear those eight rebounds he has have all been like big contested weak side rebounds that they end the possession defensively. Beasley's doing that on the glass for this team. And that's, that's valuable. You know, when the wolves do play, they do inevitably have that, you know, the the wolves got beat up game. You know, that's going to happen. They're small. And what's going to happen in that game is the wolves, they won't have Malik, and they won't have the other guys effectively crashing the glass. That's where you're going to feel it with this group. And, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves, start thinking about Sunday's game against the Lakers, but obviously, I mean, the Lakers are freaking massive. That 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 game has the potential to really beat them up, and you know, rebounding's part of it. The Lakers, they start Gasol, they start AD, they start Braun, and then off the bench, they bring in Marcus Morris, Montrez Harrell, and Kyle Kuzma. It's, I mean... I feel like the Jazz get this credit as being a really big team. And they're physical. They play physical. But this isn't the – Favors is back, but they don't start Favors next to Gobert anymore. Like Bogdanovich is the, the starting four. Utah's big because they start Gobert, but they're not They're not Lakers big. Lakers big is – that's coming in the next game in the Clippers. And in the Clippers on Tuesday too, which just leads me to my next observation – and and that's just that the the wolves non cat bigs are weird, and thus far not very good. 
I'm going to say from the top again, speaking of that Lakers game, I think Saunders needs to start Nas Reed next to Cat. Jake Lehman started again tonight against Utah, and for the second straight game, he didn't score. Through two games, Lehman has zero stats, basically. He's 0 for 3 from the field and has a total of one rebound and one assist. And somehow that feels better than what Wancho Hernan Gomez has given them. Wancho's 0 for 6 from the field in two games. He has four rebounds and only one assist. Saunders didn't even didn't even bring Wancho back in in the second half tonight. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's time to start Nas Reed, you know, at least for this one game. Now, if they weren't playing the Lakers, the choice here would be clear. It's Josh Okogie. He's the best power forward on the roster, and it isn't close. Like, can, we just, can we just talk about what Okogie's done in these first two games? We went over this after the first game. He shut down Blake Griffin as a little six-foot-four fire hydrant. And then tonight, he gets the job of checking Donovan Mitchell. Blake shot 6 of 15 in the Pistons game. Mitchell shot 6 of 23 tonight. I just watched back Mitchell's 23 shot attempts, and he missed his first six when he was guarded by Kogi. And while Mitchell did score, it was mostly when D'Lo was switched onto him, and he had a couple on Culver, too. You know, as Wolves watchers, we are not used to watching all defense team caliber players. But I promise you, what Josh Kogi is doing, that is what all defense team caliber play looks like. If the Wolves can somehow be average defensive this defensively this season, it will be because of Josh Kogi. And if they are average defensively, he will make an all defensive team. Against the Lakers, yeah, they I mean you I don't you can't roll with a Kogi at the four. At least not for extended minutes. You just can't. And against the Clippers, you probably can't do that either. But there are going to be opponents where this lack of size is it's actually a strength for them. It doesn't have to just be a weakness that they survive. And there are ways when they're putting a Kogi out there at the four that they are turning this into a strength. And I asked Saunders about that post game. Ryan, um, you've, you've talked, we've talked a lot about the, the, the size of your group. And, and it seems that in these first two games, it has been far from a weakness and, and can in fact be a strength um, in your team, given the, the, the speed and versatility it's able to do. Is, is that what you've, is that what you feel you've seen from, from your group here? in these two games, particularly defensively? I do, I do. And uh, I think it's very, it's clear, um, you know, how we want to maximize, you know, a smaller group. Uh, but it's also clear that, you know, hey, when you get out rebounded 48 to, I'm sorry, 58 to 40, um, you know that there's, there, you got to do a lot of other things right. And, uh, you know, for us, uh, we know that we got to clean up, you know, we got to be more more in tune with our, our engaged rebounds. Um, you know, tw- we gave up 20 offensive rebounds, um, but, on, on the flip side, I liked how these guys were able to get out and transition. I liked how a lot of times that we were able to black or switch our um, uh, on and off ball actions. And, uh, you know, this group is getting better and better, more connected uh, as days go by. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. 
Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore. So it's clear Indeed can help get you the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. On to observation number three. Uh, we again, we got to talk about Jarrett Culver. I feel like I'm doing the same show over again, but but Culver has become one of the Wolves' most indispensable pieces. I mean, trust me on this. It was very much in question whether or not Jarrett Culver was going to be in the rotation when training camp began. And then tonight in Utah, he's the first guy off the bench. I mean, broken record here, but the kid has worked. He's changed his body, and he's earned a big every night role on this team. He, he earned his way onto the floor with defense this season. He's easily the team's second-best defender behind Akogi, and he might be the most like tactical, technically sound guy they have. I, I love how he's he's like defending slowly. And that, that sounds weird, but he's playing as a reactive sort of defender. He defends by being ready a step ahead. And against guys like Donovan Mitchell, that's what you have to do to slow them down. Culver's not a guy who defends with the goal of stopping you. He's not trying to shut them down. He's just trying to slow you down. And and thus far through two games, it's leading to defensive effectiveness. Culver is, again, he's he's also playing alongside of Kogi. In the two games this season, the Wolves have scored 26 points when those two are on the floor together, and they've allowed 14, plus 12. Remember, those two were not allowed to play together after the trade deadline last season. And preventing those two from playing together was about them not being able to coexist offensively. And Culver is is the reason they're changing that narrative on that end. He made all three of his three-point attempts tonight. He also made five of his seven free throws. Thus far, he's made five of his seven free throws after making 46% of his free throws last season. He made all his free throws in the preseason. I mean, Culver has changed his body physically. Clearly, we can see that. And he's also brought a completely different mentality to the game this year. And I asked him about that post game. Jared, um, you, you talked about putting on 10, 15 pounds of muscle this offseason. How are you um, specifically feeling that show up on the floor, both on the offense and defensive end? It's helping out a lot. And, you know, going out there physically, being strong, 
Uh, it's helping out on the court a lot, but it's also a big mental side of the game, and that's helping out a lot as well. So just putting those two things together, just the physical side of it and the mental side of it is great. And, you know, credit to my trainers here and my trainers back home, Coach Riley. Uh, we did a great job this summer. So it's just helping out a lot this season. It's got to keep it going. Can you can you explain a little bit what the, the, the mental side there is or, or how maybe you approach that this season? Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of film where um, your body can only do so much. So taking that next step mentally is a big thing for me. And that, that was a big thing this summer, just making sure I'm on calls every day, watching film of players and, you know, learning the offense, learning the defense. So when I'm out there, it's much easier because I see things before they're happening and I got a better understanding from my rookie year. My fourth observation from tonight is just that I want to point out that I think Ryan Saunders is doing a good job of coaching this group. Now, I'm going to do the thing where I start with a rip on the guy before piling on the praise because, you know, that's what you do when you're trying to prove you're being objective. Everything was really good, but, you know, I, I think, I do think things got pretty dangerous down the stretch when Cat was just sitting at the scores table for like two minutes as time was ticking off and Utah was gaining on the Wolves. If you don't watch the game, Cat came off the floor and went to the locker room briefly because he landed on his wrist or smacked his wrist on the floor, but he was ready to return and, and the wolves had to get him back in, you know, and, and he was just kind of sitting there. It was, it was, it got scary. Everything kind of started to die once he went like offensively, once he went to the locker room, I cat, like I said at the beginning, cat didn't have a, a great game, but I think what we're learning is in end of game situations, this team is very dependent on using him at least as a hub of running the offense through. But anyways, to the Saunders point, I understand Saunders was trying to conserve his final two timeouts, but I just think you got to burn a TO in that situation to get Cat in the game. It was some bad luck. They, there wasn't any dead balls and time was just running off and the score was getting closer and closer. But I, I mean, I, I don't know. It, <laughs> It all worked out, but I think there's a there's a different. We're, we're talking about this a lot more if somehow the Jazz do come back and and win that game. We're talking about how Cat was just sitting at the scorers table there. That aside, I did the negative piece first. Beyond that, I mean, what more could have been asked out of Saunders in these two games? We just talked about how this team has been good when Cat hasn't been. I, I we've talked about how the this rotation for Saunders is a tricky, tricky puzzle with the D'Lo and the Rubio positional overlap, and with the number of one-way players on this roster, that is hard to manage as a, as a coach. Has the rotation been perfect? No. I, did I like Nas and Wancho out there together against Gobert? Definitely not. But I, I really think a perfect rotation is literally not possible with this bizarro roster. I, I think any objective analysis of Saunders says that Saunders has handled these rotations well. And I beyond that, I've really just liked his coaching schemes i think they've been dynamic we've seen adjustments on both ends almost quarter by quarter based on who the personnel is saunders has adjusted based on the flow of the game defensively again in that detroit game we saw him go zone for the majority of the second half but also man-to-man -man if culver and kogi were out there and then tonight I, I think what we saw which was encouraging was a diversity of pick and roll coverages they started, they'd show two guys against the screen and roll game. They'd bring a third guy into the action. You know, it, it's, I, I've, a, a rip I had on Saunders a year ago was, was a, 
almost too conservative insistency on doing the same thing over and over again. This year, they're being diverse, and the players are executing to some degree. And, and with no training camp, that in and of itself, just execution, I, I, I think that's a win. Now, again, is the defense overall good? No, not, not at all, really. But I don't think that's how you judge the coaching when you consider what the personnel is. I think you judge it by, by the coach maximizing the personnel and not by being too late to adjust. And on that scale, Saunders gets an A for me thus far. I don't A minus B plus, whatever. It's, it's been good. For this year, I think it was very difficult to judge Saunders. I know it sounds like I'm giving him a pass, but I really don't know what sort of hard evidence we had that Saunders was, in fact, a bad coach based on those very broken rosters. Was was it fair to rip on Saunders for not having the necessary experience to become a head coach? If you have a problem with that, sure, I get that. That makes sense. But how are we judging him off of the basketball of that year he took over for Tibbs? <clears throat> they played half that year with freaking – Jared Bayless playing point guard. I mean, everyone else was hurt. They shut down other guys down the stretch that year, all the Timberbolt, Dang, and Gibson, and everyone. I mean, it was – they didn't have any. The Rocco didn't even play a single game for Saunders that year. And then what was so bad about last year, if we really take a step back and, and look at it, and I know you're probably thinking in your head, the record, the record, the record. But <laughs> the record matters. I'm not saying the record doesn't matter, but if we – I think with the context, I mean, we do need to acknowledge they started hot under Saunders right away last year. They were 3-0, and and then they were 10-8 and before that disaster in OKC, which, yes, was partly on Saunders. But shortly after that, Cat got hurt, and then the roster exploded. Is judging Saunders as a coach based on the second half of last season fair? I mean, weren't they tanking? I, I mean, I, I don't know. I just... I don't think we could come to like a major consensus of what Saunders was based off of those two half and half weird years. Now, we also can't come to a consensus off of these two games. It's all still very unwritten. But we can be fair and say it's been good coaching, a good coaching job thus far through these first two games. And that's noteworthy. That's a big factor in the build of this team. If the Wolves are winning games, you know, through the power of the other guys, then Saunders deserves some credit as being one of those other guys. That, that's all I'm saying. All right. Observation number five. I think Anthony Edwards is the favorite to win Rookie of the Year. Has Edwards, in fact, been A1 since day one? No. He's, he's got some learning to do, particularly on the defensive end. There's that, you know, leading with the bat again before heaping out praise thing. But here's the thing. Talk about rookie of the year. Edwards is going to start playing a lot. There's pretty clearly an earmarked spot for him in the starting lineup. That job is only layman's until Edwards earns some confidence in the coaching staff by being able to play some D. But why he's going to win rookie of the year is that Edwards clearly has the freedom to shoot a lot in whatever role he has. And shooting leads to scoring, and scoring leads to points per game, and leading all rookies in points per game leads to being the rookie of the year. It's kind of that simple. There, there's the, there's the Wiggins comp for you. In these two games, I mean, Edwards had 18 tonight against the Jazz. That was after scoring 15 against the Pistons. He's 10 of 16 from two-point range, 
through two games and three of eight from deep. Those 16 shot attempts from two rightly indicate that he's he's attacking the rim when it's available. He's not doing that settling thing. That, that was the biggest knock on him at Georgia, right? Only, only of his 12 shots on Saturday night, only one was a long two. When I asked him about a postgame, Edwards explained how he's just taking what the defense is giving him, and I think that's smart. Ant, it seems like you've been really um, – or it seems like you've been intentional about getting to the bucket um, a lot so far this year. What, how are you feeling the balances between, you know, getting getting your shot off versus getting all the way to the rack? Um, I feel like I'm just going to take what the defense are giving. Uh, if they back up, I'm going to shoot a three. I don't really care if they if they press up. I'm going to try to get to the rim or find my open teammate. I'm just going to take what they give. When the kid can play in transition, he's legit very good. And that's not only scoring. Again, he can pass the ball. If you miss the game, get on Twitter. Check out his left-handed live dribble pass to D'Lo in transition. He, he reads the flow of the game well with the ball in his hands, and he's not intimidated to act on that flow. Currently, the Wolves' best lineup is Rubio at the one, D'Lo at the two, Beasley at the three, Akogi at the four, and then Cat. Saunders closed with those five against again against Utah tonight, and he did the same against Detroit. But Edwards is going to force his way into that group, group soon. I, I was thinking about it tonight. You know, he played well, and Rubio was kind of struggling. Is that maybe – are there maybe situations where Edwards could start closing with that group in place of Rubio, D'Lo at the one then? I don't know. For now, that's a good problem for Saunders to have. And I just think either way, this kid is going to be a problem for the rest of the league really soon. That's all I got for tonight. Tomorrow, again, we talked about it, is that this is the first real test for this team physically. Yes, Gobert is big, but you watch that game. That Utah team plays pretty small at the four with Bogdanovich. Tomorrow's Anthony Davis. That is a different story. And even if Davis doesn't play last night, I saw... He's questionable. But even then, they'll still throw out Montrose Harrell or Marcus Morris out there at the four. And we're going to see how this Wolves team fares against a team that is a team that's built to beat you up. That's what the Lakers are. But you know what? That's what's fun about this Wolves team right now. We're learning about them every game. I'm hoping we learn if Cat and Nas Reed can play together. You know, hashtag start Nas. That's what I'm saying is you got to. You you just got to play. You don't have other big guys. We'll see what happens in that game. I'll be be back after that on Sunday night with another gamer pod that you can find in your podcast player Monday morning. Until then, I'm Dane. Wolves are two and zero. How I'm feeling, man. I hope it never stops. Yeah, green and hot, so you can find me in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever ever bring you down. Yeah, hope you dancing like.